Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Kaya. I am so thankful and privileged and honored to be able to be with you this morning. Thank you so much for having me and flying me in from Sassoon. (laughs) I had a great flight. It was wonderful. Uh, Man, I just want to say we had a wonderful time last Sunday for the 4th of July. Thank you to all of you guys who came out to hang out with us as we watched a movie under the stars. It was wonderful. And it was freezing. And I want to thank all the men who wrestled that screen down. It made me think about Jacob wrestling that angel. <laughs> I won't let go until you bless me. They got weights and dumbbells. They were tying all kind of stuff uh, to that thing to keep it down. But I just want to thank all of you guys that came out to connect with us. And man, I just, I believe that's what makes us family, you guys. It's situations like that. It's when we add up memories and different layers of things that we've gone through, different holidays and things like that. That's what makes us family. That's how we build a real relevant relationship, you know? And I love the way we try our best to stay connected. And speaking of being connected, all of you who are signed up for growth groups, raise your hand. Woo woo! Give it up for these people, y'all. Give it up for these people. Growth groups are a big deal. Listen, it's not just about coming to church, y'all. It's about becoming the church. We talk about it all the time, but it's something in us, and I believe that it's inherent in us. It's something in us that just want to check the box and say, I went to church, but we don't want the church to be in us. It's like, I can give you Sunday, but anything outside of Sunday, I'm not sure I could do it. We really need to challenge ourselves. We really need to search inside of ourselves and ask ourselves, am I really becoming the church? Last week, Pastor John talked about a great message. He talked about how you can tell that you're in, when you're independent by changing what you're dependent on. And he gave us some really good points that I want to go over. Uh, he came from uh, Psalm 62, verses 5 through 7. And it says, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Pastor John talked about how to disconnect from the world and remain connected to God. Number one, pray. Number two, honor the word. Number three, do the right thing. Number four, not Spike Lee do the right thing, but the godly do the right thing. Number four, become a living sacrifice. Number five, abide in Christ. And number six, refuse to worry. So hopefully you guys were taking notes last week and y'all wrote that down because those are excellent tools to be sure that we're not dependent on the world. We are remaining connected and dependent upon the Lord. Amen. Sometimes we have to check our positionings. We have to check it daily. Like, hold up, hold up. Am I waiting for somebody else to secure me, affirm me, make me happy, give me, deliver me peace, deliver my joy? No. If, that, if we find out that we're waiting on anything in this world to give us our peace, our joy, our strength, our affirmation, our gifting, our calling, then we need to recheck and go back to those six tools that Pastor John gave us. Amen? My soul waits silently for God alone. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about my soul. 
wait silently for God alone. My soul equals my will, my intellect, and my emotions. Today, we're going to be talking about the fact that our soul is what we think, what we want, and what we feel. The thing is that we can read the entire Bible, and somebody will probably give you a gold star. Kudos. You did great. But what are you going to do about what you think, what you want, and what you feel? Because what we think, what we want, and what we feel always comes to contend us doing the Word of God. A lot of us can read the Word of God. A lot of us can hear the Word of God. But when it comes to us overcoming what we think, what we want, and what we feel, that's how we know when we will be able to do the Word of God. Amen? That's what we're talking about today. And the thing is that one of the things I like about this scripture is I believe there is correct comma placement. I want to talk about the comma placement in Psalm 62. It says, my soul waits silently for God alone. If you take the comma out, it sounds more like an announcement. My soul waits silently for God alone. But instead, when you place the comma, my soul wait silently for God alone. One of the things I like about this scripture is because it reminds me of what happens during my workouts. I talk to myself like all, I'd be like, self, now we're going to get through this. Now I'm going to need you to stop imagining and fantasizing about quitting. No, we're going to lift this here. Wait. And we're going to get through this. Psalm 62 is saying, my soul, wait silently for God alone. It's instruction. He is instructing what he wants, what he thinks, and what he feels to wait silently for God alone. He's having a teaching moment with himself in this scripture. Because a lot of times, we don't know what to do with what we think, what we want, and what we feel. We're like, but I think, and I want, and I feel. I used to, I used to talk to my kids all the time when they were little about patience. I'd say, Judah in heaven, what does it mean to be patient? And in unison, they would say, to wait nicely. They always knew when I was asking them what patience meant, okay, that must mean we weren't wait, waiting nicely. So they would echo back, wait nicely. And of course, they were irritated at that time because they were probably jumping up and down asking, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But mom, I think this. But mom, I think we should. But I, I think, mom, I think, I think. But mom, I really want, I really want, I really. But mom, you know what? I really feel, I really feel. What does it mean to be patient? Wait nicely. My soul, wait silently for God alone. How do we know what to do with our will and our desire? We feel like we can't help but to think what we think. We can't help but to want what we want when we want it. We can't help but to feel what we're feeling and we feel like we got to do something about it. It's hard to wait nicely for a toddler. And you know what? It's hard to wait nicely as an adult too. Because a lot of times we're thinking, you know what? God knew what I thought, what I wanted, and what I felt. I feel like maybe he forgot about me. I feel like maybe he's mad at me. Maybe he's giving me the silent treatment. Maybe he hasn't heard any of my prayers. Maybe he just don't care. And then what we think, what we want, and what we feel becomes, the, becomes these, this bully for us. It's like it bullies us around. Like, hey, I still think this. I still want this. I still feel this. What are we going to do about it? Because God ain't said nothing. It's like your, 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 your soul, your soul comes and challenges. What are you going to do about the fact that we haven't heard from God? I still think it. I still want it. And I still feel it. My soul waits silently for God alone. 
it's an exercise that's not for, it's not for all of them. It's only for the few that'll be getting in. Come on, we're going to talk about that today. What I think, what I want, and what I feel, these thoughts begin to add up. And before you know it, it's beginning to challenge our sonship character. We go in there. What we think, what we want, and what we feel comes to challenge our sonship character. Turn to Romans 8 and 14. It says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Listen, being led by the Spirit isn't something that happens to some of us. Being led by the Spirit is not something that happens to some of us. Being led by the Spirit is what identifies all of us. Being led by the Spirit is not what happens to some of us. Being led by the Spirit is what identifies all of us, whether you are a son or you are not. When you are a son of God, you are led by the Spirit of God. You cannot separate the Spirit of God from your life you can't separate it. When you receive Christ, when you receive, when you receive the Father, you are led by the Spirit of God. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. You can't say, well, I, yeah, I am a Christian, but I think I won't and I feel, and so I did. No, the sons of God are led by the Spirit. It's not for some of us who are Christians. It's not for some of us who are found in Christ. It's for all of us who are found in Christ. Sonship is our inheritance from the Father. Whether you are a son or you are a bastard, you've got to decide who you are. And because of our embedded identity in Christ, we have the privilege to wait nicely. Because of our embedded identity of sonship, we have the privilege to wait nicely. Versus waiting on the world to satisfy me, affirm me, finish me, heal me, and complete me or call me. Instead of that, I remind myself, soul, you wait upon the Lord alone. So today I want to encourage you to wait nicely. I want to encourage you to wait nicely. When everything around you seems like it's crumbling, I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you, I'm challenging you to wait nicely. When it seems like you've prayed the same prayer over and over again, and the Lord knows what you think, what you want, and what you feel, but it seems like nothing's changing, I'm encouraging to you today to wait nicely. Because you can. Because you are a son of God. And because you are led by the Spirit of God and not what you think, what you want, and what you feel. Those are for bastards. Bastards are led by what they think, what they want, and what they feel. Or in other words, we'll just say a dog. A dog can't help what it thinks, what it wants, and what it feels, and what it does. But you, because you have the Spirit of the living God dwelling within you on the inside, you can tell yourself, my soul wait silently for God alone. Whether you know it or not, we're all waiting for something. And some of you might be like, oh, I am. I didn't know I was waiting. Well, newsflash, you waiting. All of us are waiting for something. But friends, here's the thing. We're not all waiting the same. How do all of us 
who have one sun, one moon, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. We all age at the same rate. We all doing the same thing in the, in the daytime. We awake in the nighttime. We sleep in or maybe vice versa. But we're all getting the same allotted amount of time. And why, of us all, why are all of us coming out of different seasons and different time periods different? Why is it that more people can do more things with their time than you? Or why are you able to do more things with your time and with, your, and with the abilities that you have than someone else? Because it's how you're waiting. It's the things that you're thinking upon, what you think, what you want, and what you feel. It's how you govern those things or whether those things are governing you. That's the difference. How we wait determines the rate at which the promise is delivered in our lives. Think about the children of Israel. The children of Israel is a perfect example it clearly says in Exodus chapter 13 and verse 17, it says, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the, peop- let the people go. Okay, finally, because you know, that's what they was praying about for years. And honestly, a lot of them didn't even think past that moment. Sorry, side note. That's not how some of us are with, with marriages and stuff. It's like, we don't think past the wedding. We just want to get to the wedding. But like as far as like how to live a successful life as a married couple, giving God glory, nobody even thought about that. So anyway, then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. They didn't know what was going to happen on the other side of that. They just thought that was it. That God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God says, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Because God knew that the moment they left, what they think, what they want, and what they feel was now going to become their new Pharaoh. (laughs) And if you don't know how to govern what you think, what you want, and what you feel, it doesn't matter how much word you know. It's about, is the spirit of the living God dwelling within you on the inside where you are led by the spirit and not led by what you think, what you want, and what you feel? Because if so, not only are you taking the long way, but we're going to wait here until all of y'all die off until we move on. As we journey along, we learn that God is not standing in the midst of our time saying, hey, 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 bro, man, is this a, is now a good time? Hey, 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 sister girl, sister girl, hey, is this a good time to talk about? No, he's not. God is not standing in the midst of our time and we're saying, God, you already knew about three o'clock. I wanted this all to work out. What happened? But some of us come to him that way. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God's like dangling stuff over our heads saying, say, please, say, please call me father. No, I'm not saying that. But what I do know is that God is looking for a holy anticipation to bubble up in us in the midst of our journey. Some of us, okay, sorry, all of us have had a really challenging year, especially in 2020. Like all of us, we should all get tattoos and be like, 2020 was rough. And like, we'd be like, okay, anyway. But I'm just saying like, we all went through a lot of stuff, right? Like we all did. Like we can't say, well, I, I was hurt. I mean, we was all shot. That was really one of those years where we, we was all shot. We was all limping. We was all hurt. We was all, you know, just all in a mess. But in the midst of that, I seen the Lord do miraculous things, y'all. Like in the midst of it, I prayed like I never prayed before. Like in the midst of 2020, I became a warrior like I never knew I could yield my weapon like this. I never knew when I held up the shield of faith that the enemy's vices and attacks would just bounce off. I never knew it. Why? Because I had never been through a troubling situation like that. However, in the midst of the journey, it stirred up and provoked in me a holy anticipation that I know I'll never be the same. 
So who am I to tell God when to do and what to do in my life and what time to do it? Instead, God, while I'm waiting on you, my soul waits silently for God alone. Let your holy anticipation about what the Lord's going to do next be stirred up in you like never before. Because whatever's next, I'm going to be ready. How do I know? Because God's not going to let me out of this season into the next until he knows I'm ready for it. I've got to know how to govern what I think, what I want, and what I feel. Because if not, it'll govern me. And I'll always, I'll never leave the wilderness of that season. People constantly said, Kaya, I mean, even yesterday we were out this prayer revival thing and some of the pastors were coming up and they were like, you know, Pastor Kaya, I haven't seen you. And, you know, I I talked to your husband, but, you know, can I just say something with tears in their eyes? Pastor Kaya, I just don't know how you got through what you got through. And every time I saw you getting on Facebook, making an announcement, they'd say, where did that strength, where is this coming from? You guys, it was coming from the secret place of me telling my soul, I mean like a mama with a three-year-old, my soul, get, my soul waits silently on God alone. Because sooner or later, what you do in your private prayer closet is going to be out and exposed openly. Your lack of of connection with the Father, whether you know it or not, it's showing. Back in the day, we'd say, baby, your slip is showing. You better pull that up. Your lack of prayer, your lack of connection, your lack of peace, your lack of clarity, your lack of wisdom, your lack of of peace, it's showing. Because we know what we think, what we want, and what we feel, it gets chastised, changed, and pliable in my prayer closet. In the midst of walking with God, he wants to stir up in us a holy anticipation. Most places that God desires to take us requires a level of maturity that must be developed when we get there. Stop thinking, God, just give it to me. I promise you I'll be able to handle it. I'm not sure if any of you or how many of you are praying to be the first one to write that million dollar check to the building. But some of you are like, God, just give me the $10 million so I can tithe my one million. And God's saying, hold on, hold on. So how many times did you tie it off that 1,000 that you got? Oh, oh. Well, God, that's different. Lord, that's, you know, that's different. Once I make 10 million, then I'll give a million. Then I'm going to be a forever tither. God, just give it to me. Just give it to me. And God's saying, wait nicely. You govern what you think, what you want. And what you feel. And then you see what I deliver next in your life. Show me that you can be a master of love little and I'll make you master of many. Levels of maturity is needed for the next level, y'all. I know y'all don't like to hear that. You just want to hear me get up here and tell you about how God wants to bless you. About how God wants you to sow a seed for what you need and what you want and what you desire. But I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Because it would be a shame that we would lead you in a way of being governed by what you want, what you think, and what you feel. As mature Christians, we have to get to a point where we can chastise this body, chastise this flesh. Why? Because we're led by the Spirit. And if we're not led by the Spirit, guys, we're not going to make it in. Do I need to go back to Romans 8 and 14? 
The sons of God are led by the spirit of God. And here's the thing. It's not just about getting to the next level or getting to your next personal level. You guys, like I want to help you think about this from a different way, but it's more about getting to the next level of glory that the Lord is allowing us, what the spirit of the living God is ushering us all into. And here's the question. Do you, long, do you long for the Lord? Do you long for him? And so I want, I want to do an awkward pause here because I really want you to look within and ask yourself this question. Seriously, do I, do I long for the Lord? Do I anticipate what he wants to do and how he wants to move in my life? Do I even desire him? Do, do you desire the Lord to come and move in you, in your family, in your church? Not just in a way that, classifies as your blessing because that's a whole nother thing. And I'm gonna try not to get on a rant here. But the thing is that we have to be careful about, God, bless my son with a new Xbox because Lord, he really wants that. Lord, bless my daughter to go ahead and make that volleyball team, team captain, because she really desires that. We gotta be careful not to govern our prayers according to what we think, what we want, and what we feel. We have to say, Lord, things like, Lord, bless my children to be men and women of valor. Children of honor, God, that they will rise up and they will bless you. God, cause my children to become leaders amongst their, 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 their peers. God, allow your word to stick to their hearts like never before. We got to be careful that we're not becoming, making our prayers serve what we think, what we want, and what we feel. The level of your holy anticipation points to the level of your maturity you have in the Father. Whether you just asked yourself that question, it's like, well, do I really long for the Lord? And maybe that silent voice was like, no, no. I know we longing for a new job, though, because they on my nerves. I know we longing for a new house because this one's too small. You're going to have to really take a quick look real quick. The level of your holy anticipation, longing for the Lord, points to your level of maturity. Because sometimes we can get real distracted, y'all. Distracted, creating the life that we decide this is what successful looks like. This is what success looks like. Almost like when you take toddlers and you give them Legos and you say build. It's almost like the Lord has given us that. He's saying, hey, build and show me what success looks like. And if we look, take a look in each and every single one of our lives, some of it looks like houses. Some of it looks like the perfect career. Some of it looks, and I'm not saying any of those things are bad, but what I'm saying is when that is your anticipation and the anticipation that you have with the Lord is hard to find, we need to go back to the drawing board. Let's come back and let's figure out how we can govern what we think, what we want, and what we feel and tell our soul to wait silently upon the Lord alone. Today, I'm not here to make y'all feel guilty. I'm not here to beat up on you guys. They probably won't be letting me preach again anytime soon, if that's the case. And I want to remind you, according to Romans 8, uh, Romans, uh, the, the book of Romans, I'm not sure if it's an 8, I'm not sure. I think it is. There is therefore now no condemnation. Can I, I need y'all to say that real quick. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, though. You know what that means? That means... When I mess up, I'm not going to God jail. What it means is, almost like if I take the example of me and my husband. If I look at another guy and be like, okay. He's not going to be like, police, lock her up. 
No, instead, he's going to look at me and say, oh, that's where we're at. Oh, that's, that's what we're doing? There's therefore now no condemnation. God's like, no, I'm not trying to lock you up in God jail, but I'm looking at you like, oh, that's, that's where we're at? You're going to long for the job. You're going to long for the girl. You're going to long for the dude way more, and there's no anticipation for me. Oh, that's where we're at? Oh, that's, that's where we are? There is therefore now no condemnation. I'm not trying to make none of y'all feel guilty, but I'm trying to explain to you and show you that we need to take a look at our soul and what our soul is thirsting and longing for, and we need to train it to long for God alone. Romans chapter 15 and 13, it says this, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. Now we're back to Romans 8 and 14 again. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. I cannot separate you and the Spirit of God. Like literally, there's no separating you. I can't say, well, I'm going to go ahead and move you over here and Spirit of God, you got to know. It's like when you move, Spirit of God's moving. You're one. So I can't, you can't tell me, well, I'm not led by the Spirit because really what I want, then you were never a son. Matthew chapter 18, verses 3 through 4, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Can I talk about this for a second, y'all? I want to talk about this. And because I'm not getting a lot of amens, it feels like I got to press it in a little bit. Unless you become as little children, which means, Lord, what would you have me do with this? Lord, I, I, I made this. Are you pleased? What do you think? Do you like it? Unless you become as a little child instead of, Lord, look, I got this job lined up. I interviewed three times. I need you to go ahead and bless this thing. Lord, I already got eyes on the girl I want. Go ahead and bless that. Fix that up, Lord. Completely different. Completely different. Lord, here's my time. I got 24 hours today. Lord, what would you have me do with it? My soul waits silently for God alone until he answers. Completely different. I'm trying to give you guys a different aspect on what the Lord means in this, what the scriptures mean. Surely I say to you, unless you are converted, you've got to be converted. Why do we have to be converted? Because when we were born, we were born into sin. We were born with what I want, what I think, what I feel, and that's what I'm going to do. But when I became born again, behold, all things are new. Yes, that's Keiko scripture. When I was born again, I got, I stepped out of the selfish flesh field pool and I stepped into the spirit of the living God. I'm led by the spirit because I've been born again. So what I think, what I want and what I feel no longer governs me, I govern them. We see the ways in which we grow in maturity with the Father is actually to go the other way. The lower I get, the more I serve. And for me, this is just me, y'all. This is just me personally. The quieter I get in group meetings, the closer I get to the Father. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's different for you. But you know, you have like certain things that God's like looking at you like, seriously, we still there? We still working on that? Well, I, I think, but I think, I want to tell him what I think. <laughs> but when we seek him as a child, seeks Abba, Father. I love that, you guys. Abba, 
Father, do you know nothing else in creation has the privilege of speaking to God in such a way? The creator of all heaven and earth, and he's inviting us to call him Abba. It's like you can see the relationship that a father has with their child when they don't just say, hey, dad, or hey, pop, but daddy. You know what I mean? It's like a difference. And so the Bible is trying to instruct us to tender your heart in such a way that when you come to the, child, to the, to the Lord, come to him, one, knowing that you are a son. You are kept and you are his. Abba, what would you have me do? Lord, I did this. Were you pleased? Do you like it? I made another picture. Do you like it? And I don't know. I feel like the Lord is way better parent than I. He probably saved all his kids stuff. I can't find one of the art paintings of my kids. And I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have kept that. Not a clue. I was like, oh, baby, I loved it. You did that? I love that. It's confession. I'm just confessing. So Erica, make sure you keep your baby stuff. JR, keep your baby stuff. Because I, no, I don't have none of this stuff. Like, <laughs> heaven would come, walk by the garbage like, hey. I'll be like, how did that? Dad must have did that. Daddy must have did that. <laughs> Gosh, but I, my OCD, I got to keep stuff clean. I didn't have a place. I should have had a place. Y'all do better. Do better, y'all. Do better. So when we decide that we're not going to approach the Lord with this ready-made plan that now he wants us to bless it, we know that we've truly stepped into sonship. My soul waits silently on God alone. I'm going to read it again, Psalm 62, 5 through 7, because today I want y'all to leave knowing this scripture top to bottom. My soul, don't forget to pause. Don't forget to pause, y'all. Don't ruin it. My soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. We should all talk to ourselves this way. I love the way that this scripture, David is instructing himself. He's saying, hey, my expectation is from him. Therefore, you know what? What I, what I think, what I want, and what I feel needs to also have its expectation is from the Lord alone. When we govern and instruct ourselves what to do. Do you guys know that waiting is a verb? Wait, the word wait is a verb. When you wait, you are actually doing something. Now, I'm not sure, and I'm just going to tell myself a little bit more. If you guys are, if there's any wives in here that's like me, then I'm like, do something, John. Do something. And then five minutes later, so John, what you going to do? What you doing? What you doing? And I love that about my husband because he's like, I'm waiting on the Lord. And I'm like. (laughs) 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 To wait is to do something. Yeah, I don't like the way he moves slow with booking tickets and Stuff, because he wants to check 13 different prices. I'm like, they're going to say the same. Just push the button. Just buy it. (laughs) Buy it, John. Buy it. (laughs) To wait is to do something. It's a verb. Because some of us have not learned that. You know, this message is for me too, y'all. Don't be looking at me like that. I'm preaching to myself up here today. 
So listen, to wait is a verb. When I go to a restaurant, I'm going to tell y'all, I'm a Yelper. Y'all can look on my Yelp because I got some good good Yelps and I got some bad Yelps and I'll let them have it. When I go to a restaurant, I, my Yelp and my tip is decided on how I am waited upon. I don't care if the food was good. Homeboy looked at me three times and was like, do you know what you want? I'm like, oh, I can't wait for you to get my Yelp, buddy. <laughs> How we wait upon the Lord is to do something. So when I take the aspect of going to a restaurant and I'm checking to see how are they waiting upon me? Did you come once and ask me something and then all of a sudden you forgot about me? Oh, you did not wait effectively. This was subpar. This is get, you get two stars, buddy. Two. Be happy for the two. So when we take that into, into, into account for how we wait upon the Lord, how are you serving the Lord? How do you serve him? Do you go to him once and you to ask him what you want and then maybe he delivers it to you and then you forgot about him? He still ain't got no plates. He ain't got no napkins. He ain't got no fork. Did she forget I was here? Oh, I already got what I needed. So I don't need, I don't need you anymore. How do we wait upon the Lord? Do we come back often? Doing okay? Am I doing okay? What do you think about this? I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? I love when the, I got to look at the waitress and be like, I'm okay. I promise. I mean, have you guys ever went to a restaurant and you're having like a really good conversation and they keep saying, hey, you guys need anything else here? I'm like, yes, Becky, we're good. I promise. We're, we're good. I just lost my train of thought again. Thanks, Beck. Appreciate that. But honestly, I can't, I can't tell her she's not on her job. She waited upon me upon a, a time in a way that she, she showed me, I have not forgotten about you. And as long as you are here in my presence, I'm going to come to you again and again and again and again. And maybe you changed your mind and you want to tell me something different that you want. Baby, I'm going to check with you again and I'm going to get that to you speedily. How do you wait upon the Lord? Wait upon the Lord is to do something. You can't tell me I'm just waiting on God. I'm just going to sit here and wait on God. And God's like, well, I'm waiting on you to ask me something. I don't know. I mean, from the inception of our, uh, of our ministry, people would come and be like, well, you know, I'm just waiting on, on God to tell me where I should serve here. I'll let you know when he tells me. We're like, do something. Do something. And you know what happens? As you do, the Lord gives more grace. And that's how you know where you're supposed to be. To wait upon the Lord is to do something. How are you serving the Lord? How are you serving his people? How do you know that that's what he wants you to do if you're not going back and checking with him? Hey, Lord, are we doing okay? Is there anything else I could do for you, master? Is there any other way that I could please you? Is there anything else that you want to talk to me about? Was I talking too much again last week? If what I want and what I think and what I feel begins to contend with serving my God that he's given me, I need to check my security camera. Why do I say I need to check my security camera? Because 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, 5 through 6, it says this. 
casting down arguments and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience with your, when your obedience is fulfilled. When what I think, what I want, and what I feel begins to contend with me doing the will of God in my life, I got to check the, my security camera because that means something then ran loose. Something got out from underneath me and I didn't even see it coming. Now, I watched 60 Days In. I don't suggest you write, watch it, but I'm not saying that's from God, okay? But I watched 60 Days In and the one thing I know about those prisoners is they are purposely secured. So there's no roaming around unless they say that you can roam around. There's no going around messing with people's stuff and getting in people's stuff and being in the, the men in the women's pod and the women in the men's pod. No, that doesn't happen. Why? Because they have it locked down. What I think, what I want, and what I feel is purposely locked down. My soul, you wait silently for God alone. When it's time for you to be released because to the obedience of Christ, I'll let you out. So if anything comes to contend the will of God in my life, I got to check the footage because somebody done slipped some thoughts, some wants, some thinks, some what not feel and slipped past me. So how often, here's the question, how often do you treat your thoughts like, her, like hostile terrorists to the way in which you wait for the Lord? But the same way Psalm 62 sat and took the time to instruct his soul what to do is the same way you're going to have to chastise yourself when it becomes a hostile terrorist to the will of the Lord in your lives. Seriously, let's think about this for a minute. Do you, do you, or do you serve God based on how you think, what you want, and what you feel? We have to hold our soul up to the light. And that's the father and say, am I governed? Am I truly governed by the way I serve at church, the way I serve my family based on what I think, what I want, and what I feel one day I might be good. The next thing, the next day, you know what? I think I need a break. I think I don't like none of y'all. I think y'all need to fend for yourselves. I'll be back in three days because that's what I think because that's how I feel. We get to a point where we have to start asking ourselves, what have I done with what I've been given? Because sometimes we start asking the Lord for more things and we're not even asking the Lord, is he pleased with what I've been, what I've been given already? You're asking the Lord for a better husband. How'd you treat the husband you got? Maybe he's not the problem. Maybe you are. We're asking the Lord, God, breathe on me again. What'd you do with the first breath? Because one thing I know is he breathed in Adam and it's still going. That same breath, <laughs> that same breath is still active today. Take a, take a deep breath. Yeah, that was part of the breath that he gave Adam. It's still here. So what are you doing? You're saying, God, breathe on me again. What did you do with the first one? We're saying, God, move on me again. God, move in a mighty way. What did you do with the first move? Ten minutes after the service, you was back cussing and cussing people out and fighting again. What did you do with the first move? We're asking for God for things, but we ha don't have the level of maturity to, to be able to catch or receive the new thing. What did you do with the first thing? Amen. We're asking God to do stuff in us that he's already done. But one thing I know about the Lord is his gifts are perpetual, man. They still go. They're going. The same breath that gave Adam is still, still alive and kicking. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. 
What have you done with the strength that he's already given you? Did you blow it on worldly vanity? And now all of a sudden you're asking God for a new breath. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, it says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who was among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt each one a measure of faith. For as, many have, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, that's us, y'all, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We connected, y'all. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them, use them. If you prophesy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering. If he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with, liber with liberality, li with liberality, with liberality, with liberality. That's a Spanish word, y'all. He who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. You know what this is saying? He's saying God's already given you a gift. He's given you all a measure of faith. What are you doing with it? I, Pastor Kaya, because I am a member of your church, I serve next to you. I should be, I should be able to say, oh, Lord, I know. I know. Lord, I know what Lakeisha's doing with her gift. Oh, Lord, Lord, I know. I know what Pastor Raquel's doing with her gift. Me, me, me. Call me, Lord. I know. Why? Because I'm benefiting from it. We should own one another's gifts. It shouldn't be a secret. Well, they don't know that I'm gifted in prophecy, but it's fine. It's a secret. I'm just not going to tell anybody because I'm humble. No, you're not humble. You're a spiritual hoarder. And you know what? The Lord doesn't give to those who don't give, all, give out already. The Lord gives to those who are giving. Nobody has to ask what Sister Carmel's gift is. No one has to ask. We've all benefited from it. So how are you waiting? How are you waiting upon the Lord? Are you serving him with fervor and with excellence? Are you coming back to check and say, Lord, is there anything else that I should have done? God has given us so much. He's given us life and strength and faith and gifts at a church to help us exercise them. And here's the thing. Are we waiting nicely? God gives for you to give, not to hoard it. Because guess what? Time is short. And we don't store up our spiritual riches here on this earth. We give it out. Like back in the day, people slang CDs from their trunk. I mean, like we... You get my gift. You get my gift. You get my gift. No, it's to establish the kingdom of God here on this earth. So if you're waiting for God to answer your laundry list of blessings, you're not waiting nicely. If you're asking God to come and bless your man-made, already ready-made list, you're not waiting nicely. You're waiting selfishly. And guess what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. You have no choice but to wait on the return of our righteous king. But in the waiting, are you waiting in the way that he's equipped you to wait? Are you waiting with anticipation for God? You know what anticipation means? Anticipation means to stand on your tippy toes with a neck stretched like, Ugh. it's like you're stretching everything about you to come and meet the next view of the Father. If your spirit, if your soul isn't stretching to see the Lord move, you're not anticipating him. 
You're saying, if he come by this way, he come by this way. If he doesn't, he doesn't. There should be something in us stretching to meet a view of the Lord. Or is it what I think, what I want, and what I feel is running all over the place like terrorists, unchecked? Holding up a bunch of other people that are around me that should be experiencing a move of God, but I've become a spiritual blood clot. If there's people around you that still believe God's not real, maybe it's because you have left your what you think, what you want, and what you feel unchecked by the spirit of the living God. People are waiting on a move. You know why? Because they're waiting on you. They're waiting on you to be a funnel to God's goodness in their lives. As I get ready to close, Pastor Jeannie, if you don't mind, please, just playing that song again. I love that song so much. I love that song. As I get ready to close, Romans chapter 8. I want to read this to you. Romans chapter 8, starting at the 18th first. I'm, I promise you, I'm almost done. I've been trying to talk fast, y'all. My lips hurt. I'm trying to talk so fast. Romans chapter 8, verses 18, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was sub subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. You know what that means? It means that the sufferings that you're suffering right now is nothing compared to the earth and the creation suffering. When we fail, guess what? Creation fail also. Creation is not living up to its full created purpose. There's so many frustrations in creation. Creation is saying, I can't wait till the sons of God are completely restored so I can be who God called me to be. And so you think you're suffering because you can't think, get over what you think and what you want and what you feel and your wife's not going with it and your husband's not going with it and your boss is holding you back and the pastor don't see what you got in you and what you think and what you want and what you feel is way more important. Creation is saying, shut up and be a son of God so that you can be fully revealed by the Father and we can be fully restored. You think you're frustrated? Creation is frustrated too. Creation is constantly, is on this perpetual cycle of life, death, life, death, and there's decay all around. When you look at creation, there's just nothing but decay. You pick a flower for five seconds, like, oh, look at the flower for five seconds, and it's like, and it dies. But we, but we, the sons of God, we have the Spirit of God in us. And this scripture goes on to say, that's the first revealing of the first layer. Creation didn't even get that. Us, the Spirit of God, we have joy, peace, meekness, long-suffering, kindness. We have all these fruits of the Spirit. Creation didn't even get that. They're just left with death and decay. You think you're frustrated? There's so many other things around you that are frustrated. We're just asking you to be the Son of God to govern what you think, what you want, and what you feel because when you step into the fullness of who you are, creation comes with you. God literally gave the hope of creation in a picture and a view of you. Creation is saying, the moment he is restored in the fullness of God, that's I'm next. That's going to be my way out. The world is literally looking for us to...
waking up rightly, church. But instead, we've been lulled to sleep with what we think and what we want and what we feel and the visions and the fantasies of success based off this worldly, worldly way. We've literally placed our kids on sacrifice tables to idols. We've not just given ourselves, but we've given our children up to worldly passions. Now they're all tangled up with what they think and what they want and what they feel. And all of us are just saying, I think, I think, I want, I want, I feel. And creation is saying, yeah, they don't look like they nowhere close to being restored. But to wait nicely is to partner with the spirit of the living God. So here's the thing. Let's wait nicely. Let's wait upon the Lord with excellent service today. As we serve him through serving his bride, his glorious church, not being enticed with the whispers of what the world can give us because the world is decaying. It's passing away and its hope is us. You ever heard? The church is the hope of the world. It's because we are the sons of God. And if you read that scripture in Romans chapter 8 in verse 18 through 27, like go and read all in there. I gave the, the media team all those scriptures because I wanted to read all of it, but I'm out of time. But like and when you read that scripture, you'll see how much hope and investment the Lord has placed in you. He's saying, hey, creation, let your hope be my sons. They're going to rise up and they're going to take their rightful place. And they're going to follow the original commandment that was given in the Garden of Eden. You're going to see them live it out. And creation with stretched anticipation is watching us for a move of God. So here's my, my last encouragement. Wait nicely. Wait nicely. And when the frustrations of this world because of what you want, what you think, and what you feel, when you feel like it's too much... Go back to the Father. And just like the song said, God, you know how to hold me close. Tell me exactly what I need to hear. And I believe every word that proceeds out of your mouth. If you're not being counseled by the Father, you're on your way to hitting a brick wall. You've got to go back to be able to instruct your soul. Soul, wait silently for God alone. Amen. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. You got something out of this today. I felt like I was talking so fast, you might have to go rewatch it. But, you know, yesterday at the, uh, at the night of worship, I felt so convicted. But it wasn't like a personal conviction. It was a conviction on behalf of the church. Because I noticed that how we can start off, like when we first give our life to Christ, man, we're on fire. We want, we want so much of the word. We just want to be in God's presence. Like everything that contains God's and his word and holiness, we want it. But then it's like time passes. And something happens. It's like, it's like we move on. It's like I'm not interested in a move of God. I don't think I have time. Or I'm too hot. Or I'm too tired. Or I got work to do. I 
felt convicted because I feel, I don't know where we've placed our holy anticipation. And so today with every eye closed and every head bowed, we're going to pray and we're going to, we're going to ask the Father. Heavenly Father, I just, I just want to thank you, Lord. I give you glory and I give you honor. Thank you for making us the way that you did. Thank you for calling us to this time and this place and this hour. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your grace is here to meet us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that every heart that's here and present this morning, God, if there's anything in us that's not like you, that's not even looking for you, that doesn't desire you, God, we're asking that you'll just touch that right now in the name of Jesus. God, we want to have a heart for you. We want to desire you. We want to long for you. We want to anticipate your move. But God, we're asking that you help our unbelief. Waxed cold, that's gone cold from longing for you or for waiting for you. And even loving you. God, if there's any place in us, Lord, that's moved away from you, God, we're asking you, God, to regather the scattered pieces in our hearts. And when you do, God, we ask that you just mend us. Mend us anew. Give us a heart of flesh. Give us, take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, Lord, so we can be able to receive the seeds of your word. To not just be hearers, God, we want to be doers of your word. God, you said that you're raising up a mighty army. God, let that be us. Let that be our hearts. Let, our, let that be our minds. Let that be our children. God, make us wise to not just walk in your word, but to be able to turn around and teach others to walk in the truth of your word. God, let your church be alive. We thank you so much for what you're doing in the earth. We thank you, Lord God, that you've included us and made us a part of it. So God, we ask right now, God, that you create in us a clean heart, renew in us the right spirit, God, the right way of thinking. God, help us govern what we think, what we want, and what we feel. Let it not govern us. We want people to be able to know that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, not because we told them, but because they see the way we live our lives. God, we, gave, we give you all the glory and all the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.